Welcome to the 167 Podcast, a podcast to inspire, challenge, and encourage you. Our goal is to help you live into the 167 hours of your week away from church. And now your host, Shannon Patterson. Well, hey, everybody, and welcome to episode number one of the 167 Podcast. My name is Shannon Patterson, and I hope our time together today really helps you live into the 167. And I'm so excited to be co-hosting this podcast with my friend and ministry partner, Josh Harrell. Hello, Josh. Hey, everybody. So Josh is the media pastor at the Porch Community Church here with us. And uh, we've been, how many years have we been serving together? Do you know? I started, it was June 2015. Wow. Okay. So we've, we're going up. We're about to start a sixth year. About to have our five year anniversary. Yeah. No, we had our five we year had. anniversary this past summer. Wow. So we're on our sixth year. Wow. That's amazing. Yeah. Well, this part of the podcast is where we'll be talking about our sponsors. <laughs> if we had any. But <laughs> right now we don't have any. So, listeners, if you want us to give your company or just you a shout out, I like bring, Taco Bell. Bring us a sandwich. <laughs> sandwich, Taco Bell, Chick-fil-A. <laughs> Randy, we like all your restaurants. <laughs> I like that. That'll be great. That'll be big time. We have a sponsor. Man. <laughs> Especially if it's just food. That would be fantastic. <laughs> oh, my but goodness. Like we said in the beginning, we're launching this podcast to inspire, challenge, and encourage. Mm-hmm. But also so that you can share this with someone who needs it. Yeah. We want to produce content and you go, oh, that's good. And I needed that and I needed to share it. So be sure to subscribe so you don't miss an episode and share it with someone who needs it. Yeah, definitely. So you approached me about this podcast a few months ago, Shana. Uh, Why do you want to do a podcast? Well, I didn't want to be the only pastor in the United States of America that didn't have a podcast. Um, No, I'm just kidding. Um, no, that is definitely not the case. Um, it, it honestly, it goes hand in hand with the message series that we just started this past Sunday. Um, so there's 168 hours in the week, right? And we, this is such, a, it's, it's really, it's something that's a passion of mine. We, we want to help people engage God and the things of God way beyond that, that hour or so of worship every week, right? And so that's 167 hours. So that's why we call the series and and this podcast the 167. And I was thinking about it, you know, if we wanted to be more more accurate, we should probably call the series like 166.75 because we are usually together for a little bit more than an hour every week, um, but it just doesn't have the same ring to it. So, um, so whether it's 166.75 or 167, We just want to do what we can to help people lean more into God in 2021. And I don't know of a more important time. I mean, like for people to lean into his word, to, to really, really understand and grasp uh, community, um, to understand what the church really looks like. And this is like, like I said, it's a huge passion for me. Um, And honest, (laughs) I was thinking about this. It might be, where someone who has kind of a preconceived idea of what a pastor does, uh, where they might get kind of disappointed in me, (laughs) but I truly, truly 
feel that my calling as a pastor is twofold. One is to just preach the word, or I like to say teach. I don't know why I get weirded out by the word preach. I shouldn't, but I don't know. Uh, but to, to teach the word of God and to do that clearly and plainly for anybody on their faith journey to take it in and understand it, right? Um, that's one aspect. And then the other one is where to, to do what Ephesians chapter four tells us in, in verse 12, it tells us, it tells me that I have this mandate as the pastor that I want to equip God's people to do his work and build up the church, the body of Christ, right? So why would someone get important with those two things? I mean, they seem pretty cut and dry. Like, I mean, I am sitting with you all the time and I kind of know what you're doing, but someone on the outside, why would they be disappointed with those two things? Mm. Uh, that is probably an <laughs> episode for another time. Like we could probably do a, like a three-parter on that one, Josh. Um, but simply because if someone, if someone grew up in like a, a small church or a small town or maybe even saw on TV, like whatever, um, like this, this pastor who was <clears throat> all things to all people on all occasions in every moment of life. And that's kind of their understanding and expectation of what and who a pastor is. Then I am certainly going to, I'm not going to measure up. I'm going to disappoint, you know, in that. So uh, why? Well, if I understand Ephesians 4.12, uh, my responsibility, like I said, is to equip God's people to be the presence of his church, his body for everyone. So for example, my heart is to equip people to do the things that maybe a, a pastor in a small church or in a small community might be expected to do, like, you know, home visits and, you know, being in a civic organization like Rotary or something like that. Nothing wrong with it. Just, you know, or, you know, hospital visits or, um, you know, even like attending the visitations of funerals of of like the relatives of some of our ministry partners, you know, things like that. These are things that honestly, and I believe this in my core, that if a person has made what I would say is the second most important step on their faith journey, the first, of course, being Jesus, saying yes to Jesus. But the second most, if they have made that second most important step, which I believe is to invest in a, in a community of other believers, and you can call that a community group or a, a life group or a Sunday school class or whatever you want to call it. It doesn't matter. But if someone has made that important step, that kind of care that I just mentioned, that the, the expectation of a pastor to be everywhere and to be there for all things, that happens, that kind of care happens organically when you're invested in a community of people. And whether that's three people or four people or 14 people or 1400 people. Um, that's where that happens. So here, here's kind of the, the thing I think about is that equipped people care for each other. People who have been equipped to be the church are going to care for each other. So the, the greatest impact, like I said, this could totally be a couple of other episodes, but the greatest impact that I can have as a leader of the church is to teach on and to, assist and develop or cheerlead, whatever you want to call it for people to care for one another in these really practical and personal ways. And when I do that, I'm living out Ephesians 4.12. So yeah, let's definitely double back on another episode. About the role <laughs> okay. <of the> pastor. But <laughs> sure. something that you said, I really want to 
hit hard, especially with the series 167, is you mentioned community groups mm. and why um, maybe our understanding of, let's use the term Sunday school because it's been around sure. for 100 years. So, <laughs> uh, what is the difference between a community group and let's say uh, Sunday school and why it plays into the 167? Mm, yeah. Well, I think um, they don't have to be different, a community group and a Sunday school, if the Sunday school is functioning in a way that it's there to care for each other, to build each other up, to nurture each other. Um, you know, if it's just there to go in a room and have one person stand up and teach and everyone sit and listen and look at a booklet and then leave, then that's not, I wouldn't call that a community group. And I wouldn't say that they're really being equipped to care for one another. I mean, they might, but, uh, you know, uh, I, I think with a community group, the, the role that, that they play in the 167 is that they are the living, breathing embodiment of, of the church. Uh, we, we've talked about community groups a lot. If you ask any of our ministry partners, um, they're probably tired in many, in many ways about hearing about community. Um, but I mean, that's who we are. I mean, we put it in our name, you know, um, and we were slowly building that up. You were a big part of that. Mm -hmm. Um, I introduced uh, a parakaleo group, which is just a Greek word for coming alongside of each other and encouraging each other in a series we did back in the fall and to kind of help rejuvenate that after the shutdown and everything. And, and a few groups really grabbed a hold of that and have flourished. I'm um, actually still a part of a parakaleo group. Yeah, um, that's awesome. Another couple. That's fantastic. Uh, Drew and I met with another couple and uh, we met for the time frame that was originally set up, but we're still friends and we talk to each other. Uh, I met with some ladies and we've stayed in contact. Um, and actually another Paracaleo group kind of adopted Drew and I uh, around Thanksgiving. They just were like, hey, come and be a part. They just, you know, and so we did. And um, it's funny, you know, I think I mentioned in my my message on Sunday that uh, I filmed from home. Mm -hmm. So people, you know, figured that out pretty quick because I was on the tail end of my quarantine with COVID and I'd had all the symptoms. And my goodness, that Paracaleo group, um, they did the things that we just, you know, I just mentioned. Like they they were praying for me. They they were bringing meals, uh, texting. I just, sitting here, I just got a text from someone who was checking in to see how I was doing. Um, they were living that out. So anyway, I'm going on a tangent. But, um, you know, we've talked about community and we've talked about, um, so that was kind of slowly building up. And then we talked about serving our community and making an impact. And again, that was kind of slowly building up. And I guess, you know, I say building for those who are listening to this and don't know, we had our very first service as a church uh, in J July 14th of 2019. So, you know, we are eight months into launching as a new church and then bam, we go online uh, for five months and you know, COVID. Mm -hmm. And I didn't know if you knew why. Yeah. Oh, you might know. Yeah. Um, and, uh, cause I had a little girl at the house for five of those <laughs> Monday through Friday. The only time. Yeah. Oh, and then the Lord added another little another, girl. Yeah. 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 Um, 
so in so we're going for eight months and then you know screech slam on the brakes for five months we're online and obviously momentum slowed but here's the thing i love is it never stopped and i think those who had um any kind of taste for community whether it was um you know, kind of naturally in their life, or they had been a part of one here at the church, you know, they stayed connected and we stayed connected. And so all that, I don't even remember what your question was now, Josh, but so this podcast, this, this message series that we're doing, the 167, um, our community groups, you know, making an impact in our community, serving other people, everything is about helping people lean into God more outside of that, you know, worship experience that we share together each week. So, because our lives can be so compartmentalized without a doubt. I mean, I'm really good at doing that, but we want to kind of dismantle some of those walls where we compartmentalize our, our lives. Like, like the whole, um, lenses and worldview illustration that, that I talked about Sunday, yeah. Um, yeah, you had some pretty wild examples that you're using <laughs> in the house. Um, but for someone that hasn't necessarily seen or seen the um, sermon, or they just listened to it on the sermon podcast, mm-hmm. so tell me more about those lenses. <laughs> oh my goodness! Um, by the way, thanks for that screen grab of me with the giant, giant glasses I had on. Well, the mustache just looked like it fit a little too. Well. <laughs> wow. Okay, I need to wax. Um, so. So yeah, you know, I was working on this message and um I was thinking about world our worldview and how we view the world and what kind of lens are we viewing it through and are we are we viewing it through the gospel? Are we viewing it through our relationship with God or are we kind of swapping out our worldview depending on where we are at any given moment? You know, like where we are at work or at home or you know with our hobbies or whatever. And so, um, so I had one of the examples where I I guess they're called googly glasses, but it's the, the glasses with like the little slinkies on them, like the, Mm -hmm. and, and at the end they're like these bulging eyes. And, and so I used the googly glasses as just a, a, an example of this, this worldview of like constant outrage and anger at what's going on in the world. And Interesting to note, but like, obviously with me being in quarantine and I filmed this on a Wednesday morning to get it to you in time for you to do any edits. Right. And it wiped me out. So I went and took a nap. (laughs) I wake up in the evening, early evening of that, that same Wednesday and a couple of things happened. Um, I think some, I think a couple of people showed up at the U S Capitol and did, I'm kidding. Like the world, like <laughs> caught on fire while I was taking a nap, and you shouldn't take as many naps. <laughs> yeah, right. But uh, I thought, oh my goodness! And I had just talked about the whole googly, you know, the outrage. And I guess an example of that would be like, you know, we come to church, and you know, we're sitting in there, and we're like, oh hey, how are you doing? Good to see you. Yeah, and you know, praise the Lord and oh yes, Jesus says to love our enemies and to, you know, for us to be people who you know, keep no record of wrongs and all these things. Oh yes. And then we go out the door and it's like we put on the googly glasses, like the outrage, you know, we get on our social media and we 
go to our news source of choice and, and, and we freak out about everything. And we're in this place of, of just outrage. So that's, that's just one example. I mean, I could, I, I don't want to run through all of them, but I, I'll tell you the kinds of ones. So we had the googly glasses. I had some shamrock novelty glasses that we talked about kind of cliche Christianity. Um, the Groucho mustache one that you mentioned, uh, that's kind of the one where we, um, you know, we, it's our secret life. It's our, um, I know that this, this is how I should act, but this is what I am doing. You know, maybe mama or granny told you not to act that way, but that's just the way you do business or whatever. You know, there's all that kind of stuff. Um, and then the big glasses, that screen, that screen grab you got of where we just, we want to experience everything, but it comes at a cost. And, um, oftentimes we live uh, really big for pretty much everything except God. And, um, I don't know that, that convicted me quite a bit as I was working on that, um, example. So, you know, when you, with the googly glasses, when you, um, when you idolize politics and politicians and political parties and political ideologies, I really think we're saying Jesus isn't enough. And, um, I made the statement a few weeks back in our December series, our Hark series, that we are searching for everlasting. We're, we're searching for it as, as human beings, but we're searching for it in people and we're searching for it in circumstances. And neither of those things, Josh, are everlasting. Yeah, it, it seems crazy. People will idolize people, movements, experiences, mm -hmm. and they will put that they will try to put all their happiness into whether they say it or not. Mm -hmm. They try to get all their reward out of the movement that, that mm -hmm. they're standing behind or the politician that says they have their best interests at heart. And we totally eclipse Jesus and, and where we can actually find happiness and fulfillment and where we should be sending our resources, our thoughts, our actions straight into the cause of Christ Mm -hmm. And then, and it's wonder how come everything is all screwed up because our priorities <laughs> aren't right. Yeah, I'm I'm about to butcher a quote from C.S. Lewis. Um, it's one of my favorites. Uh, I remember reading it for the first time as a new believer, and I've shared it many, many times. I've shared it in messages and shared it just in in talking with people. But uh, like I said, I'm I'm not quoting him verbatim, but. He said in his book, Mere Christianity, um, don't put all your hope in people because the best of them will fail you and all of them will die. Mm. Um, and that's where Jesus is different. You know, yeah. He rose again uh, three days later. So, yeah. To butcher another C.S. Lewis quote. <laughs> let's, just, let's just butcher all the C.S. Lewis quotes. Um, the screw tape letters. Mm -hmm. um, it's the... The devil talking to a demon about how um, how to bring a guy away from Jesus and the church. And uh, the devil tells the demon, because the guy is wrapped up in other things and he's trying to figure out how to capitalize on him. And he says, as long as it's not Jesus, let him do whatever he wants to do. Yeah. Let him go. Oof. Yeah. Let him go. And, but if he's Jesus, that's when we got to worry. But mm -hmm. if he's worried about a football team or a politician, let it go. But if he's wrapped up in Jesus, that's when we got a problem. Wow. Yeah, it is. And that's, oh, goodness gracious. And that's, 
You know, it, I remember reading um, the C.S. Lewis, someone interviewed him after writing Screwtape Letters, and he talked about how writing that book kind of messed with him because mm -hmm. he had to get into the mindset of how the enemy works. And he said it really kind of affected him, and he had to reset after writing that book because of thinking in that way. But, oh, my goodness, he... He was reading our mail big time because that is, you know, I think he wrote that in like the 40s, 1940s. So, um, you know, 80 years later, it's still very, very true mm. um, to keep that focus on off of Jesus, I guess, if we want to, if the enemy wants to have his way. So, you know, with this whole thing, we want to get to a place spiritually, uh, maturely, where we're not... Um, doing what you just said. Like we're not swapping out the lenses we wear. We're not changing our worldview um, situation by situation. Um, but instead where our whole lives, every part of it is this act of worship where we are considering like even right now sitting here with you, like how can this be an act of worship? Well, one, you and I are talking about the things of God. Oh, yeah. uh, we've looked at scripture together um, and our whole intention for what we're doing right now and the time we're spending and everything is because we want to help other people. Mm -hmm. Like, so we're honoring God right now. Now, not, we're not patting ourselves on the back and saying we're holier or more righteous, but like very, we want to be very intentional about that. And this is something that I've always, I think I've just now been able to kind of put words to how I have always felt, mm -hmm. um, as a leader, as a pastor, and even before I went into ministry where I just want to help people see Jesus and to, uh, encounter him, you know, if you happen to have missed the message this past week, you can check it on our YouTube page by going to, going to YouTube and searching the porch community church. There's a couple of porch community churches, but you see our logo and that'll be the one you pick and it'll be the first video that's up. So if you happen to miss any of our 167 series or any of the series we've had since launching in July, YouTube is the best place to go. Yeah. There you go. Um, uh, and so, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, intentionally shameless plug. Um, so each week of, of this uh, podcast, we're going to talk about some of these areas where we definitely, I think, are susceptible to compartmentalizing, you know, and going, okay, I've done my church thing, but now I got to go do my work thing. And now I'm going to go do my home thing. And then I'm going to go do my hobby thing. Um, I'm going to go do the, that other thing that I really enjoy doing, but maybe my spouse doesn't. So it's kind of where I have my, you know, whether it's, you know, fishing or whatever, or working out or whatever, but like how we just have all these areas of compartmentalization, um, and if we don't stop and think about it, we just can go through the motions instead of going, how can I worship God in this? It's not necessarily, we've got to completely change our lives. It's how can I worship God in what I'm already doing? Um, so like this past week, the, the big idea of the message, I, I always like to have a big idea if I can to you know, make sure people can take something with them. Um, but is that we worship God with everything always, everything always. So it's like, oh, well, when do you worship God? Is it just at church? No, no, you worship God with everything you have and you worship always. 
And um, so our theme verse for the series is, um, and I encourage you guys to go and read it, but it's in Romans chapter 12, verse one. Um, we actually will look at like verse one and two every week, but then I want us to memorize verse one. Right. And in the message, it says, so here's what I want you to do. God helping you take your everyday, ordinary life, your sleeping, eating, going to work and walking around life and place it before God as an offering. Um, and so, you know, one of the things that I mentioned Sunday in my message was uh, this, this idea of uh, the offering and the sacrifice and what it means. And that's this Greek word, um, thusia. And I, I mentioned in the message Sunday that we just didn't have time really to talk about it. And, um, and so I, I thought it'd be good um, for us to talk about that for a few minutes today. Um, cause Romans 12, one says that we should place our lives before God as an offering, as a sacrifice. And that's like the, the fullness of the following Jesus life. Right. So, yeah. so we, we place our lives before God as an offering. Um, so you ready? So a little Greek lesson. So the Greek word for sacrifice is thusia. Um, okay. and it's, and you can interchange the word offering and sacrifice. They're the same. And so with this Thusia sacrifice, th this is what we didn't have time to talk about on Sunday. Before Jesus came, before he was on the scene, there was, and you go and go back and look in, in um, you know, in the Old Testament especially, but there was a resource requirement to make a sacrifice in worship. Like you didn't just show up at the temple. There was a, there was a re there was a requirement for you to make an offering. Right. And so there was this, and so you had to have something. So I, that's why I say a resource requirement, you know, whether it was a bull, I guess if you're really rich, you brought the bull or a goat or a dove or a pigeon, whatever it was. And you brought those and they were placed on the altar to worship God. Um, they, they had to have something to offer. There had to be a payment. Mm -hmm. And so what happens is in the new covenant, thank the Lord, we get to live in it. But in the new covenant, Jesus establishes where he says, there's no more resource requirement. I was your, I'm your ultimate resource requirement. Mm -hmm. I am the one I have now paid the price. No more resources need to be brought. Now you have me once for all, I'm the sacrifice, you know, so there's that I'm going to set you free from your sins, set you free from your past mistakes, your, even your own self-righteousness. And so I, I love that because now we go, okay, Jesus has paid that, that, that was required of us. Um, that resource requirement, that Thusia was met now by Jesus. Mm -hmm. And then there's the whole idea of, okay, well then where do you bring it? So, Okay, so we're New Testament people and we're going, thank you, Jesus, you've paid that price. I don't have to, you know, gather up a, a chicken or a goat on my way to church on Sunday. Um, Jesus has paid that. Right. And those uh, resource requirements at that day and age, like we look at a, a goat or a chicken going, that's not that <laughs> expensive. But in that day and time, oh my goodness, I yeah. mean, a bull was equivalent to thousands and thousands of dollars oh yeah and a goat i mean that could i mean they would eat off of a goat for a month so mm -hmm. I mean, that's a month's worth of food that they were sacrificing these these sacrifices were costly to them 
Mm-hmm. So saying, so, so Jesus coming and saying that you don't have to do that anymore. I am the sacrifice. That's a big deal. That is huge. And in today's day and age, we might lose that a little bit because of mm-hmm. like we can buy it half a slab of beef from a butcher for like <laughs> 200 bucks. You yeah. Know? So that reminds scale, me I need to do that. Yeah. But yeah. You know. Yeah. No, and you're right. And as you say that, it makes me think like, um, not that I'm not susceptible to this too, but imagine the, the very wealthy uh, person who, uh, you know, was, could, could do the bull sacrifice without a second thought. And then suddenly Jesus comes on and says, Hey, that's not needed anymore. And, and they're like, okay, I'm, I'm going to follow this guy. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know now how to worship because I thought it was bringing the bull and it was a real challenge to maybe those who could afford to bring the, the best offering to, you know, I mean, it's the rich young ruler. Right. I mean, and it's not even that it's not needed anymore. That's not good enough anymore. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it becomes a, a very personal thing mm-hmm. about what am I bringing yeah. now in, instead of. So, so this whole live your life as an offering. So Jesus meets the resource requirement. And then you go, okay, well now where's the, there was not just a resource requirement, but there was actually a geographical requirement prior. I mean, you had to go to the temple. Right. You couldn't, uh, <laughs> I don't, you couldn't, you know, have a barbecue outside your house, you know, and then be like, yeah, this was my, this counts. This, I'm count- yeah, yeah, we're good. Um, you had to go to the temple, like a priest had to bless it and, and all this, all these things. So, so with Jesus, the, now, you know, the veil has been torn, the curtain in the temple's no more. And, and Jesus said, I mean, he comes, so he, he meets the resource requirement mm-hmm. and now he's, he's met the geographical requirement because now on this side of the story, we have the Holy Spirit. Right. And so, I mean, Jesus even said, I'm, I'm going to go and there's going to be one who comes after me, who's actually going to help you understand these things. Mm-hmm. And then you're going to be able to live into all this in a way you never thought before. And so now the, the geographical requirement is gone. So, so what you have left is, um, to, to, to what you don't have left to worship with is you, you can't no more bulls and goats and doves. You bring yourself. That's, this is what you bring. Mm-hmm. And, and so like, as long as you have breath in your lungs, you have a constant, I mean, think of it like this, as long as you are drawing breath in your lungs, you have a resource with which to worship and honor God, mm. your life right. that Jesus paid for. Mm-hmm. So it's it, the most valuable thing is, is your life that Christ paid for. And now you can honor and worship him. I mean, oh my goodness. So, so like we never run out of places to worship and now we never run out of resources to worship and honor God. And so we're in this new covenant and there it is. We can worship with him. We can worship him with everything always, always. And you know, that's (laughs) such a hard thing to do where uh, you're talking about everything always. And when we compartmentalize like you're talking about, Mm -hmm. it's really hard to recognize the opportunities to worship because we've compartmentalized so long. For sure. Like it's, 
I save football because there was just a football game last night. <laughs> yeah. Alabama won. So, uh, peek behind the curtain. We're recording this on Tuesday. Um, <laughs> but, you know, it's it's really hard for me to contemplate worshiping Jesus when I want a defensive lineman to take that quarterback out. You're you like, know? crush him. Yes. Flatten you know? the <laughs> So it's it's interesting to what what would you say is a good way to start finding ways to mm. open those compartments? Oh wow. Yeah. Well, I would hope that I, you know one of the things I said Sunday was um that I know the novelty glasses were, were kind of silly, but honestly, I can't you know, I'll usually get a text or two or an email or you know, Facebook message on you know, Sunday afternoons and into Monday and Tuesday, uh, from people who just say, you know, thank you for that message or whatever. And, and it's not about that, but my phone was blowing up Sunday afternoon yeah. because people, and, and some of it were like, Hey, I hope you're feeling better. But my goodness, that, you know, that image, those glasses, um, really made me stop and think. And, and I think that's, that's where we start. Like how you start to dismantle the compartmentalization of your life where you're like, okay, I'm going to be Jesus-y over here, but nothing's really requiring me to, to act that way or, and not even saying you're like being a jerk in another part of your life, but it's just like, you just don't stop and go, how can Jesus be present in this? How can I worship him in this? How can I be that living, breathing offering Mm -hmm. that Jesus paid for in this and whatever this is? I mean, you know, you, you coach swimming, right. um, you know, how can you do that? I know that's something that you think about. I used to coach tennis, um, and I was in ministry as a tennis coach, mm-hmm. um, just, and, and I tried to, to do that. So, um, you know, I think we, we have to really, really examine our lives to answer your question. And, um, that takes a little bit of work. It takes a willingness. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, anyone could, listen to any message and then walk away from it and go, I'm not going to do that. But the whole reason I did the novelty glasses thing was to give everyone a visual of how easily we can kind of switch our worldview, switch the way we view things. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it starts with that is just an examination of our lives. Mm, that's, a, that's a good word. So let me ask you this. <clears throat> what do we have to look forward to for next Sunday? Okay. So, yeah. So this coming Sunday, we are going to talk about how do we worship God with our work? Like, mm-hmm. how do we do this? Um, because um, it's, yeah, well, I don't want to give anything away, but, um, you know, I, I think we need to examine, like, how are we doing that? And I've already kind of put in a caveat in my message that it's like, hey, if you're a student, if you're retired, you know, wherever you are in your life, you can you can take the message. So no one gets to take a Sunday off and um, and go, OK, how are we going to practically in our work lives? Live out Romans 12, 1 and and live our lives as an offering in our I mean, it even says they're in our everyday walking around, going to work eating and sleeping life. And there it is going to work. So we're going to look at that and, um, and see how we can honor God. Uh, that sounds exciting. I'm looking forward to next Sunday. I'm actually looking forward to the series as a whole. Um, one thing about, uh, me being in charge of our church's social media mm-hmm. is that I've been trying and trying myself to 
uh, live social media on the 167 for our church. Yeah. So it's it's very exciting to um, see how it takes as a church as a takes our church as a whole and see the fruit that God's gonna uh, come forth with mm-hmm. in this series. Um, yeah, you know, I mean, we have this really neat privilege of not only us personally, individually going, Hey, how can I live into the 167? You know, and I'm sure there's probably people listening going, well, you're, you know, paid to be at the church all the time. You live, you live it. And and that's not the truth. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's just as easy for us to, to compartmentalize as anybody else. But, um, you know, I, I think that we have this great privilege, you and I, and, and the rest of the staff to, go, okay, how can we create content, not for the sake of creating content, but like, how can we create something that helps somebody? So like, um, you know, that image with that scripture or that, that quote from the message, Mm -hmm. uh, that you put together and then you post on our, you know, all on our social, um, could be the very thing that someone needed in that moment and in that, you know, that morning or afternoon that they needed to kind of inspire them. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, someone might take social media really lightly, but it is a, you know, we've talked about this a lot is we redeem, we want to redeem the the things that we have in this world. And that would include social media. Like right, how can right, we right. use that? Mm-hmm. I mean, cause uh, I was reading a quote the other day and it said, I think it was Carrie Newhoff, who's just awesome. And he um, said, just because you're, you might be worn out from social media right now, uh, doesn't mean everyone else is. Um, Cause I know a lot of people yeah. like have jumped off of different platforms and stuff and they're just kind of done. And, and I get it. Um, I have a very selective newsfeed, very selective yeah. um, because of that, because I don't want to just chunk the whole thing. Um, I think there's value in, in being able to uh, share a message of hope and, and also just to, you know, see pictures of my, you know, niece that's yeah. living in Oklahoma that I don't get to see, you know? So it's like, there's value in that. And I don't even know where, <laughs> what question you asked me, but, but I do think you and I have this privilege of, and the rest of us to, to create content that helps people live into the 167. So. Well, and, and if there is one positive that could come from the season that the church is in, it really causes you to think, why have I always been doing church the way I've been doing yeah. it? And how does God want me as a follower of him to be doing church now? Mm-hmm. And um, as a as a person that works in the church, I'm excited by the possibility of pulling in so many things that we do on an everyday life mm-hmm. and use them to glorify God. Yeah. And uh, it's exciting to see how everyone's going to react and, and, what they like and what and what sticks with the church and mm-hmm. a few years down the road the ch- church may look completely it different. will it will um you know what i'm as you're talking i'm going i need to go back and listen to this this episode because i think there's a whole lot of of more episodes that we can pull yeah. just from the things that you and i've touched on um yeah i mean if you had asked me um <clears throat> you know even six months into uh the birth of our church um, I would have said without a doubt, the next thing that we've got to do is we've got to look at building a bit, a bigger building. Mm-hmm. 
so that we can have uh, more people in worship. And that's just not where my mind, my focus, my passion is at all now. Um, and, and I, I think, you know, my, my mind is going elsewhere and it's really, it's like kicked up this whole thing about equipping people, um, that is where, where my heart is as a lead pastor and, and, um, you know, making sure we've got, um, we have an incredible staff, um, and praying about, you know, Hey, do, is there, are there other people that need to come on? Are there some key, uh, leaders in our, in our congregation that can be a part of this? Like, how can we equip everybody to, to help? Because, um, you know, one of the things I've, I've really been thinking about lately is, um, how we can kind of, um, it's not like give a license to, but sometimes people almost need to be told they have permission, even though you're not even really the one to give the permission, but sometimes people just need that. I Um, can do that. I can. Yeah. Yeah. Um, is to really just say, Hey, you know, have like your, your micro community, like have, you know, one of the things I, I was said early on during even the, the, the lockdown or whatever you want to call it, that, that we all were experiencing was that, um, We'll say we, at a certain point, we all kind of let a few people into our circle Mm -hmm. that we felt safe around, that we knew where they were. I mean, I know you guys did, you had a couple of friends that you were like, okay, we're not going to be around anyone else, but these friends. Right. And, you know, we had that, um, the Pattersons did. And, and so I think that is always going to be there. I mean, even if they shut everything down, you're going to have a a core group of people. I mean, we're, we're social animals, you know, we're, we're social beings. And so let's equip those kinds of groups, whether it's two families or maybe three families or, you know, a couple of sets of neighbors and let's say, Hey, yeah, it's, it's maybe we're not going to have church this week. Not, not talking about this week, but you know, maybe something happens and they say, Hey, we need to shut down again for a little while or not meet in person, I guess is the better term. We don't want to say shut down because we never shut down. Yeah. We will never shut down, but, um, say, Hey, get, you know, if you're meeting together anyway, if you're sharing a meal, then again, like redeem that, Mm -hmm. you know, maybe say, Hey, let's get together and let's, let's watch, let's watch church together. Yeah you know, or, um, let's listen to this together or whatever it is, but just to help equip people. That's something that's really been on my mind a lot, a lot, a lot lately. So I'll, we'll be talking about that more. I am, I am certain. Yeah. I think we have plenty of future episodes <laughs> to just dissect from this episode. I wonder if, I wish I could like watch a, someone who's been listening and see like if they've turned us off yet and been like, Oh my gosh, please be quiet. We hear from you all the time. Well, so to kind of go, <laughs> let's go a 90 degree, something different. Woo. So, um, people know pastor Shannon, Oh dear, you goodness. are married to Drew and you have a daughter Mallory, mm-hmm. but tell us, uh, tell us some fun facts that oh, gosh. if you just sit in the auditorium <laughs> that you wouldn't know about oh, my word. pastor Shannon Patterson. Um, just, just to be completely transparent here, I did not know Josh was about to ask me this question. Um, wow. Well, okay. Uh, (laughs) I danced for 11 years of my life, um, tap jazz and ballet and, um, 
ballet was my favorite. So I was a ballet dancer. And you can't see this, listeners, but Josh is smirking right now. You, uh, you just don't seem like ballet would be <laughs> your dancer's choice. I know, right? Um, yeah, square dancing, you know, those kinds of things. Yeah. But, um, yeah, well, I used to be more fit. <laughs> and then on top of that, I danced. So, yeah, that that's something. I don't know. Um, I'm kind of a nerd, um, which I've noticed as you get older, you're much more willing to admit those kinds of mm. things. Like when you were like cool in high school, like you don't admit you're a nerd, you know, those kinds of things. I didn't tell Kara I was a nerd until after we were married. Oh, she knew. She knew. Or did she? She did not. She thought you were a cool swim guy? Well, yeah, not cool. Swim guy. <laughs> and then she was like, oh my goodness, how many comic books can one person own? Exactly. <laughs> Yeah, if anyone needs to know anything about DC or Marvel, uh, just please see our media pastor, Joshua Harrell. Yeah, He'll I'm take care guy. of you. Um, yeah, I'm kind of a nerd. I love like British television and and um, before the onset of um, smartphones and streaming services, I was a big reader. Um, so yeah, so there you go. Ballet and British stuff. And I don't drink coffee. There you Me go. Me either. I drink tea. I don't do that. I drink tea in the morning. I drink hot tea with milk. And so, I don't know, maybe I'm a closet Brit. I don't know if mm. that's the case. Don't tell my brother. He's He clings to the Irish side of our family. Oh, no. So, yeah. yeah. All right. So, next week, we're going to be talking more about um, how to worship in everything and always, but specifically... Work. work right and it's not you know i guess if i'll give you a little bit of a hook it's that we don't worship the work because listen we're we're already great at that we mm. are professionals at worshiping our work i am so susceptible to this but like as americans especially this is not about worshiping the work but worshiping with our work which is kind of the difference there we don't want to worship the work but worship with our work so we're going to talk about that this sunday yeah so, um, hey, thanks for tuning in, everybody. And and um, I'm sure uh, Josh could probably tell you this stuff better, but, but you know, be sure and subscribe if, if this even remotely interests you. Um, and, and share it with someone. You know, that's the whole thing, talking about equipping, is we don't just want to uh, produce something that um, our people can listen to. Um, that would kind of be a waste of time. I yeah. mean, I mean, not that our people are important, but it's like, no, we want it to have like, um, you know, ripple effects. So right. hopefully there's been a conversation that you and I've had today that someone else listens to and goes, Hey, I need to share this. Like I want to share it with this person. Um, they're thinking about this they're dealing with this. And so we want to do this. And so I, I really hope that our time together today is, has helped you live listener into the 167 because that's our whole purpose. And if you would like us to answer any of your theological questions or just questions about our lives, <laughs> send the question to josh at theporchcc.com and we will try to answer them to the best of our ability. Or Google. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right, everybody. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week. All right. See you guys. Bye. You've been listening to the 167 Podcast. Join us next time for more insights to inspire, challenge, and encourage to help you live into the remaining 167 hours of your week.